Thank you for joining the Apostolic Church of Pahrump presenting a Bible study. And today we're going to begin the Oneness series. And this is a very basic introduction into our beliefs on the Godhead. And if you've ever heard of the Oneness um, Apostolics, you'll kind of understand a little bit about who we are and what we believe. But in a nutshell, we believe that the God of the Old Testament was indwelling in Jesus Christ as the spirit dwelling in the flesh. We can go to the book of James, the second chapter, and it'll tell us that the body without the spirit is dead. So to have a person, you have to have a body, you have to have a spirit. We understand the God of the Old Testament was a spirit dwelling in Christ, the first one, indivisible and the same. But we will get more into that and we'll kind of delve a little bit further and deeper into that as the Bible study progresses. Today, I just want to give kind of a basic understanding and a basic knowledge of what uh, what we believe. And I know there's a lot of people who may come across this that they may not believe like us. Um, and everybody's entitled to their own beliefs. And this is the revelation I received as a young man through the preaching of the word of God. And so today I hope and endeavor to help others be able to understand what it is that we believe and why, um, you know, that takes a lot of teaching to be a Christian. Paul wrote, and he said, these things command and teach. So when the preaching comes forth, we understand that there's things you must command, but he also says to teach Jesus Christ. When he sent out his disciples, he said, though, go ye therefore and teach all nations. And so we're going to get a little bit more into that. And of course, we will be covering baptism and, and filling of the Holy Ghost and repentance in Acts 2.38, which is another um, staple of who we are. But for today, for this first Bible study, we're going to kind of test it out, and just get into the introduction here. And so if you're able to follow along, some of you may be only listening to the audio, and that's fine. If you're able to follow along with the PowerPoint that we've provided, that's great. But this is the Oneness Bible Study Part 1, the introduction. And... Uh, So the first thing we need to think, ask, talk about is what or who is God. It's amazing today in the age that we live in. This is 2021 as we're making this. Uh, a lot of folks, a lot of the younger people, along with the children today, they don't know who or what God is. The Bible simply says God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth so now we understand that a spirit hath not flesh and bone jesus said like you see me have and uh so we understand when we go back into the old testament god was a spirit you can't see it you can see the effects of it. it's kind of like the wind i guess uh but you know you can't see it, it doesn't take on um a shape or form, but we're going to go ahead and talk about a little bit more of that here in a little bit. But some of the things that we understand God as, or the definitions we put on God are 
these attributes, these qualities. He's sentient. He's able to perceive or feel things. Reference 1 Corinthians 3 and 20. And I'm going to go through these. And I'm not going to read the scriptures, but I will I will go ahead and say what scripture I made reference to just for the sake of those who may not be uh, watching the slideshow. And so that way they can go and check it out later and at a later time. And of course, there is by this isn't by no means the uh, complete scriptural reference. I mean, there's tons and tons and tons. We don't have time to get into all that. But he's sentient. He's able to perceive or feel things. First Corinthians 3.20. He's omnipotent, having unlimited power, able to do anything. Revelations 1.8. He's omniscient. He knows everything. And Hebrews 4.13, Isaiah 46.9-10. He is eternal or lasting or existing forever without end or beginning. Revelations 1.8, Psalms 41.13. He's immutable, meaning he's unchanging over time or unable to be changed. He's not, you can read that in Malachi 3.6, Hebrews 6.17. He's omnipresent. It's a property of being present everywhere and anywhere. Psalms 139.7-10. through 10. He's holy. Dedicated and set apart, sacred, or regarded with great respect and reverence by a particular religion, group, or individual. So First Peter 1 and 15 through 16. These are just some of the basic describing words that we can put on God. Where should we start? How about the very beginning? Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. This means that before the heaven and the earth, there was nothing but God, which is a spirit. So in the beginning existed only the spirit of God. Isaiah 44 and 24 tells us, thus saith the Lord, thy redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb. Amen. I want to stop right there and let you know that God formed us from the womb. From the womb, we were created of God and known of God. It says, I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. We understand that God did this alone and by himself. There was nobody with him when he did it. He did it alone. The Genesis 1 and 2 tells us that the Spirit of God moved on the face of the deep. John 1 and 1. Let's go to another beginning. It says here that in the beginning was word. The word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. Now, of course, we attribute that to Jesus Christ, but we understand through teaching that Jesus Christ did not exist in the flesh until Galatians, the third chapter, he was born of a woman. When the fullness of time was come, he was born of a woman made under the law. The law didn't come around until Moses. And so we understand that when the fullness of time was, was come, God sent forth the son made of a woman. And so father and son is just a relationship. And so we're going to get into that more later. But here we look at the word ah, that we see in John, the first chapter. It's logos, means word. It's something said, including the thought, by implication, a topic or subject of discourse. Also, reasoning, the mental faculty, 
or motive, by extension to computation. To have a word or a thought, you must have a speaker or a thinker. The thoughts and or plans, the computations, etc., that the reasoning, the mental faculty of God were with him in the beginnings. And by them was everything made. That makes sense. God had a plan. God had a concept. God had an idea. He had a blueprint. And just one of the many, many examples that we read about in the Bible, we can read in 1 Peter 1.18, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish, without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest or made known or shown in these last times for you. And we, if we read John, the first chapter, it goes on to say in the 14th verse, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. It dwelt among us when it became flesh. And then that is when the world finally, for the first time, could see Jesus Christ. And um, we can read in 1 Timothy 3.16, to with that God, or excuse me, 1 Timothy 3.16, without controversy, great as a mystery of godliness, God was manifest in the flesh. And he wasn't manifest until these last times for you and I. But this is a long and a huge subject, and uh, there's no way we can cover it all in one sitting. But here we understand that there was something foreordained, foreordained before the foundation of the world. That doesn't mean Jesus Christ hung on a cross literally before the world existed. There was no cross. There was no Golgotha until God created it. So we understand that there was a plan for man if he sinned. If man were to sin there would be a plan put in place that he would come and die for the world. Another example, we read in Revelation 13, 8, all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of the life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. That doesn't mean when God created the heavens and the earth, the lamb was literally slain then. It wasn't until Calvary. So we understand that the thoughts, the plans, the mental faculty, the reasoning was in the beginning with God. Jesus Christ was with God in the beginning as far as a concept and a thought and a plan and a blueprint. But in 114 of John, it says this, the word, thought, the blueprint, the plan, the, the mental faculties and the reasoning became flesh. God had a plan for humanity, but to understand that we need to know more about God. Isaiah 43 and 10, the scripture we quote very often, says, Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord. And beside me there is no Savior. There's only one. Amen. Verse 12 says, I have declared and have saved, and I have showed when there was no strange God among you. Therefore, ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. You can understand who God is. He wants us to understand who he is. John 8, 24 says, I said, therefore, unto you, that you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Amen. Isaiah said here that you may not believe and understand that I am he. 
and Jesus makes reference to um, Abraham in the Gospels. And he says, before Abraham was, I am. And of course, we understand that Moses in the Old Testament asked God who he should say sent him to liberate the children of Israel out of bondage. And God, of course, told Moses to tell them that I am that I am sent you. And so we understand here that these things all tie together. Um, but once again, we'll get more in depth into all that as we go along in this Bible study. One of the things we need to understand in Hebrews 11 and 6 is that without faith, it's impossible to please him. You got to have faith. The word of God did not profit those not being mixed with faith, the Bible teaches us. But here in Hebrews 11 and 6, it's, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, or that he exists, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I want to emphasize this today as our introduction, that God wants us to seek him. I don't think we ever get to a place in God where we've learned it all. We figured it all out. Um, I believe we can have a firm revelation in who he is. But God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Not just, yeah, so-so seek him or uh, nonchalantly seek him, but those that diligently seek him. Read your Bible. Pray. Ask God to reveal himself to you. I believe that if you do that with a humble and sincere heart, he will do that. And so that's going to kind of conclude our introductory Bible study. I know that may be short to some of you that may have been long. I don't know. But that is just a basic introduction into who we are and what we believe and the oneness of the Godhead that we uh, hold fast to. Um, you know, I'm not just going to quote Deuteronomy 6 and 4 and yell it many, many times, but I'm going to try to explain and teach how God is one. And, um, you know, if we're made in his image, when you look at me, when you look at you, I do not see a triune relationship. Everybody quotes Genesis, I think it's 126, that let us make man in our image. Well, if you read the very next verse, it says, so God created man in his singular image. And so when you look in the mirror, you see one person and we do, we have a body and we have a spirit and we do have a soul. That's something we'll go over to, but there's a body and there's a spirit that makes up one person. I have a body. I have a spirit. I'm one person. And this is how we believe God is designed how god chose it to be um, the body without the spirit's dead jesus christ hung on the cross where the bible says when he gave up the ghost or the spirit he died that is a definition of death but there's a lot of that still to come and i hope i've been able to kind of pique your curiosity and whet your curiosity and hopefully you'll stick with us and, and join us for some more hopefully this has been Enough to get you curious about who we are and what we believe. And, uh, you know, what? if anything, just to help grow your Bible knowledge. And we will use a lot of scripture here. I personally use the King James Version. It's just, you know, it's just the safest, most trusted, 
uh, version. And so I, I like that it's worked, it's worked for this long. And so we're going to stick with it. Um, you know, next time you join in with us, grab your Bible and join us. And we're going to see exactly what God will do for us and what he'll illuminate and revelate and what he's going to show us from his word. So thank you all for joining us and uh, join us next time as we get to the next portion of our Bible study. The next step in our series, we're going to talk about the God of the Old Testament. Once again, thank you for joining us, and we hope to see you next time.